When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Did you know that Kinda Dating Now has merch? Yep, we collaborated with tpublic.com to create t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, stickers, iPhone cases, and so much more. Picking up one of our items is a great way to support the show and grab some swag for yourself. So swing over to tpublic.com or follow the link in the description of this episode to grab yours today. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Kinda Dating, the comedy dating podcast where I, your host, Natasha Chandel, and some cool guests break down the dating world and try to figure out why the fuck do we all have commitment issues? Today's topic is dating with intention. How do we do it? Let's find out. Hello, friends. I'm Natasha Chandel, and you're listening to Kinda Dating. When our asses want to grow in our careers, we focus all our energy on moving up that ladder. We plan every step. We target our dream companies. We prep the best resumes. We put on our Sunday best for the interview and put forth the best version of us. But for some reason, we refuse to do any of that shit for love. And supposedly, that person's going to be around forever, much longer than a job. The intention and focus with which we date could be the only, yeah, I said it, the only thing in our way. And today, we're going to figure out how to do it. Before we jump in, Aisha is not here with us today, so you only have me. But remember, all the stuff still applies. Please tell your friends to subscribe to this podcast wherever you get it. And if you haven't, what the fuck? Please subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. And also leave us a five-star rating or review um, wherever you get it, especially on Apple Podcasts. Also follow us, guys. We're kind of killing it on social media right now. We're at kind of dating across the board. Aisha is at Aisha Says Dance. And as your complicated friend, I'm at Natasha Chandel on Instagram, Natasha underscore Chandel on Twitter, Natasha dot Chandel on TikTok, and Natasha Chandel official on Facebook. But like, who the fuck uses Facebook anymore? Anyways, I didn't say that out loud. We also have merch available. So please check out our store on tpublic.com and support your girls. Thank you, guys. Um, okay, we got a friend here who's going to help us. She's dating and relationship coach. She's a speaker and a host. Allison Wellington. I got caught in my throat for a second there, Allison. It's all good. No worries. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? Welcome. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're so excited to have you. Uh, 
You know, before we uh, get into anything, we ask every guest the exact same question. Mm-hmm. Single or in a relationship? Happily married. Hey, pew, pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> um, how long? A whopping 10 months. Wow. Yeah. Newlyweds almost. Newlyweds. You got married yep. during the pandemic. Yes, absolutely. How was that? So we had, we were going to have a small wedding anyway, but we did have a plan of having a wedding of 70 plus people. And that absolutely was destroyed. And instead we had a micro wedding of um, nine, eight guests. (laughs) I mean, you know, you know what they say. It's not really about the wedding. It's about the marriage, blah, blah, blah. So we went forward anyway and we're happy. So it all worked out. And, you know, sometimes, I mean, that's kind of actually my dream wedding. I'm always just like, I'm not a big wedding person for me. Um, and I've always just been like, Ugh, I just want to plan it in a completely different country so that the only people who come are like the ones who really love you. Yeah, I was, yeah, in, was in another country, too. So oh, my God. 70. Amazing. <laughs> Where did you do it? Well, it was supposed to be in St. Lucia in the Caribbean. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but instead we just went to Vegas. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Um, well, Allison, you know, we're talking about dating with intention today. You are a uh, dating and relationship coach, so you got to help us with this. We talk about it a lot. I think people in general have been sort of talking about this concept for a while, but what does it mm-hmm. actually mean to date with intention? Yes, absolutely. So the difference between dating and dating with intention simply means that you have a desired goal at the end. So dating usually implies it's casual. I'll go out with you for drinks. We'll go out. But it doesn't mean that anything will come of it. Where when we date with intention, it means that I am looking for my long-term partner, lifelong partner, husband, wife, whatever. But we mean that this is going to be pretty much the end of the road. And so we're dating with focus. We're dating with an intention to get to a particular point that is solid and lasts long. Right. And I feel like it's interesting when you put it in that way, because a lot of people also nowadays, like especially with the app culture and whatever, like date with the intention also of being casual. Right. Like there are people who especially guys, I think, are more known for this, like on their profiles will just say like only looking for casual. That's like dating with intention in the not productive way. Well, you know, I don't want to say what's productive or not, right? Because maybe that's productive for them where they are in their life. They just want something casual, something easygoing, something, a release of sorts, right? From a very stressful life outside of their relationship. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I would argue and say I wouldn't, I still wouldn't call it dating with intention. I, they do have an intention, which is to be casual, but it's casual dating. It's casual. Yes, yes. But my intent is that we are looking for the one. Right. Yeah. So why is it so hard, do you think, uh, for people to get to this place? Like, have you found with the clients you've worked with, or I'm sure even your friends, um, that people get stuck sort of getting there? Yeah, absolutely. There's a a litany of reasons. One being that people are afraid. They are Mm -hmm. afraid to allow others into their lives. They're afraid to let go of the control that they have currently. And you likened it to a career, which I do a lot as well. But the difference is that people feel that they have 100% control over how their career goes. They say, if I work hard, I put in the hours, 
I kiss my supervisor's ass enough, whatever it may be, then I'll get to my desired goal. Where in a romantic relationship, it would depend on my and the other person's ability to build a successful relationship. But I tell folks that's actually not true because even when you are successful in other elements of your life, like in your career, like in your education, you're not doing this 100% alone. There's a supervisor who took a liking to you. There was a boss who gave you a chance. There was um, a mom who called in, you know, to her old friend from college and said, can you give my daughter an opportunity in an interview? Like you really don't do it alone. So this idea of, yes, I can find success in every other element because it 100% is dependent on me is not real. It's not reality. Mm. Um, so it really does depend on other people. You, ha- you depend on other people to get to where you are, no matter what element of life we're talking about. Yeah, it's such a good point that sometimes we're so scared to let people in, right? I mean, uh, it does feel overwhelming for people to feel hurt. Like, they're so, like, people are just so scared of getting hurt that they would rather just not even interact with anybody. But I, I, do you think the pandemic sort of changed that a little? Because, we, you know, there was a point that we were so like, oh my God, I, I don't need people. I'm good by myself. And now you realize, wait a minute, I, I am good by myself, but like, it's also nice to have somebody there to ride things with. Yes, absolutely. And I spoke a lot about this earlier in the pandemic, how this is really a great opportunity to date. One, because like you said, these independent folks who felt like, no, I don't need a man and I don't need a woman. Like now they're realizing that when you take away your loved ones, your family, your friends, and all of the distractions, right? Where before you were able to stumble home drunk from a friend's night out and go straight to sleep. Now you don't have those opportunities. You don't have those social interactions. You're in the house and you realize, damn, I would love it if someone else was here with me. If I had someone I could rely on that I did, you know, that I didn't have to worry about whether or not I'm going to infect them because we're here together alone this would be ideal. So I think that the pandemic really put in perspective that folks have been filling their romantic gaps, I guess you could say, or voids with platonic relationships and with their family and familiar relationships. And now they realize like, damn, it's not good enough. And I really do want that romantic connection. Yeah. Did you, did you also ever find, I think this was me for a long time. Um, you know, I was a perpetual single girl. I was known and very vocal about having commitment phobia. And that's why the podcast called Kind of Dating, because I was that person. Um, I felt like that became my identity to be the single girl, to be the commitment phobe who was like always joking about not, you know, I, I, I don't need, I just want to fuck around. Like, it honestly just became a narrative I was just telling myself and living up to. And then I realized like when I actually did want something more, I found like if I said it, it would make me look like I was trying too hard. Like suddenly I didn't become cool. Suddenly I wasn't like, I was like, oh, I became like that girl in my Mm -hmm. head, you know? Um, Yeah. Have you ever felt like, or have you kind of found women like that where yeah. it feels like you're tr- you come off like you're trying too hard. It's like, I don't want to try so hard to find somebody. Yes, absolutely. I think that, again, the amazing uh, correlation that you made in regards to your career, 
that people have this idea that love is supposed to just fall into your lap. And I think that we get it from Disney. I think that we get it from movies and all these rom-coms. I'm walking down the street. He, you know, hits me by mistake on my shoulder. I drop all my books. He gathers them for me. We look into each other's eyes. It's so amazing. And so with this idea that love is supposed to fall into your lap, then if that's the case, then why am I trying? It's supposed to be a natural occurrence. And so I look desperate and pathetic if I'm creating dating apps and I'm having conversations with friends saying, hey, do you know any single people? And if I'm going to mixers, it makes me look desperate because supposedly it's supposed to happen organically, right? And you're forcing it if it doesn't. But that's just not reality. Like Disney is not reality. We are not princesses and and princes and, and no one's coming to save you. That's not reality. You normally meet someone in some form or fashion, maybe at a social event or online, and then things just connect and you're romantically interested and then you date and we see where it goes. So I absolutely believe that there are lots of folks who purposely put on this facade of, you know, I don't need a man or yeah, this, that's just who I am. I'm not really interested in commitment. And they put on this facade because it's the next best thing to having love just happen for you. Because the alternative is, this idea, like I'm so desperate because I'm searching, because I'm putting in an effort, because, you know, when I go out, I put on, you know, something extra nice in the hopes that someone notices me. So absolutely, people put up facades, especially around marriage, where this, oh, I don't believe in marriage. Mm-hmm. Is it that you don't believe in marriage or is it that you believe marriage won't happen for you? And so now you've told yourself and convinced yourself and tell other people that you don't believe in the institution. If someone were to drop down on their knee right now and ask you, would you now magically believe in it? Facade. I love it. I love it. I love the real talk. Uh, You know, you mentioned earlier that another reason is that some people don't feel ready or like it feels like the end. What do you sort of tell people that kind of come in with that or that Mm -hmm. kind of fear that... You know, when you meet somebody, it's like, it feels like, oh, that's it. Yep. Um, Ironically, or maybe, maybe not ironically, women don't tend to have that logic, right? I don't see or hear women ever share with me that they're concerned to lose control or, you know, someone's taking over their life and they don't, they won't have the freedoms that they're accustomed to. I normally hear that from men. And so what I try to do with men, and I don't know if it works, but I try to use like empirical data. Like let's talk about statistically how much longer you're going to live if you are in a healthy relationship. Let's talk about your heart health. Let's talk about diabetes. Let's talk about um, overall mental health happiness, right? Uh, We talk about like the financial benefits. So I did like a whole live stream on Instagram with a doctor, with a medical doctor, and he was male. And I I had to make sure the doctor was male because I didn't want anyone to say, oh, she's being biased and she's trying to convince us men that marriage is a good idea. So I said, doc, talk to us about the medical benefits of marriage and of commitment and of fulfilling relationships. And he just gave us the straight stats that if you are in a fulfilling, happy relationship uh, and at the height, it's marriage and then also cohabitation and then also whatever, whatever. But the, the happier your relationship, and if you are married, you are inclined to live longer, live healthier, be more mentally happy, be more financially secure. So that's the argument that I try to take on to explain that mm. this, this idea of being afraid that you're going to lose is inaccurate. And in actuality, if you are a man, because those stats don't necessarily match for women, by the way, or for wives, if you are a man, you are winning. It's a win. Wow. Yeah. That's great to know. I didn't know that. Um, 
I feel like what helped me, I remember, because I know you don't know me yet, but, you know, I have been a little bit more like the dude side. And my exes have been on the show and they've said it. They were like, oh, you know, she was like the dude in our relationship where I was very like, why? What about my freedom? What, what if I'm trapped? And people be like, what do you mean when you're trapped? Why would you be trapped? I was like, I don't know. What if they turn out to be crazy? And it was just so illogical at the time, obviously. And I had this thought in my head that the story ends when you find somebody. Mm-hmm. And like the fun ends when you find somebody. And then like, you know, obviously I had to like rework the fucking cognitive distortion and realize that there's a new type of fun to be yeah. had and new discoveries and a new adventure. And like, okay, I've done all this other boring adventure. I've done the same thing over and over and over. And now it's like that isn't as the single life, you know, that constant chasing after dick, basically, mm-hmm. wasn't not only fulfilling, but I had done it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how many times can you do that and feel yes. like it's not, there's not even exciting anymore. Um, mm-hmm. And then I realized like now I'm in a great committed relationship and, and I realized like, ooh, there's like new fun things and there's like a whole world of what's to come um, that I, I kind of keep getting excited about and more attached to, you know, now. Um, but you know, the reason why I think that you and lots of other people had that concern is because that's the image that we've been shown. How many movies end with the bride and the groom at the altar, right? And saying, I do and give the kiss, do a little dip. Maybe they'll have a flash forward to the baby, like rocking the baby. And then that's the end of the movie. That mm-hmm. is our, our happy ending. And so the fact that you did have this idea is, I'm sure, stoked in the imagery that you've seen your entire mm-hmm. life. I mean, it's one of my favorite movies, Coming to America, ends the same way. Eddie Murphy and his wife, at, you know, and she becomes the queen of Zamunda or whatever the hell the name of the country mm-hmm. was, right? This movie, the fictitious country. So that's what we see. So, of course, you're going to think like, damn, that's the end of life. Like, I'm, I'm only 25. I don't, want my, I don't want my world to end there. I want it to be more than just a wife. I want to be more than just a mother. So that wasn't even outrageous. Like that ideology is not outrageous because that's what we've been force fed. Yeah, no, it's a great point. Um, What role does not knowing what we want play in the, in the idea of dating uh, or the complication of dating with intention? Yes, absolutely. It's, it's a big issue. And a majority of my clients are women And I ask them all the time, what do they want? And you would, I mean, maybe you (laughs) wouldn't be surprised because it's like that classic line of like from the notebook, like, what do you want? Like women are notorious for not knowing what they want to eat and stuff like that. Right. But I would think that if you have hired a dating and relationship coach, like some of this stuff, you should have kind of figured out you're like 30, you're like 35, you're like 45. Right. Or at least you should know what you don't want, which ergo the, the opposite would be what you do want. Right. No. Folks don't know what they want. Um, And I I can't say that men do. I just don't have the experience with male clients enough to say so. But a lot of folks just don't have clarity. And what helped me to get clarity was I was actually working, this is like 10 years ago, and my supervisor, I was complaining to my male, older, married supervisor about a relationship that wasn't going well. And then he said to me, like, Allison, what do you want? 
I said, oh, I really thought about that, right? And so I literally took a piece of loose leaf paper and a pencil and I wrote down what I later called my five non-negotiables. Those were five character or personality traits that my partner must have. Attractive was given, right? And everyone defines attractive differently. But um, what are the personality traits? So we're not talking about like how much money do they make? What kind of car do they drive? Like I'm talking about your character, like who you are as a person, because that is less likely to change than how much money you make or what kind of car do you drive? And then once I came to that realization, like, okay, now I have an outline. So remember back in English class, right? Before you got to write the essay, you had to write the outline and submit the outline to the teacher. And then they gave you notes. So you had know that your paper was organized. Like, how can you date with intention? How can you go out on the dating scene saying that you want to find a relationship that's lifelong, a marriage, what have you, and not have a clear vision as to what you're looking for? What I tell folks, this is a very corny example, but I tell folks that you you want a pair of headphones and you don't know that those headphones are white. You don't know that they're earbuds that fit right into your ears. You don't know that they come in a little case and you don't know that Apple makes them. You're going to be going into every other store. You're going to look at Bose headphones and Beats headphones and the headphones that wrap around your ear that go like it's going to take you so much longer to say, oh, man, let me walk into Apple and ask. This is what I'm looking for. And this is not a way to compare a man right, to a pair of headphones. But the, the idea of if you don't have a vision and you don't have clarity and this is in life, if you don't have a vision, and you don't have clarity as to what you want out of life. It's going to be very difficult to find it and take you so much longer. And who wants to wait if you don't have to? Yeah. And I I mean, I feel like people just don't want to think. You know, we we do everything to avoid sitting with our thoughts um, because our thoughts would probably direct us or 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 really shine a light on our truth. And so Mm -hmm. because of that, we just avoid it altogether because isn't half the battle of knowing what you want, just sitting there with your thoughts and going, okay, after this date, how did I feel? What did I like or not like? Or after this relationship, what worked and what didn't work? What do I think I want in the future? What did I not, what do I not want in the future? But all of that not only takes thought, but then two, it makes you accountable the second you say it to yourself. Mm-hmm. Like now that you have said to yourself or you wrote a list down, right? If you write a list down of these are five non-negotiables and then you're dating somebody who's clearly one of the non-negotiables, mm-hmm. you you can't help but like be faced with a mirror. Yes. And you can't, you're like, oh, right. It's not him. It's me. Mm-hmm. Because I keep going after that guy, even though he's on the non-negotiable. It's not the guy's fault at that point. It's, right. it's ours, right? Yeah. So there's like this, like, we just avoid. Absolutely. And one of the things that I love about this non-negotiables idea of writing down exactly what you want, making sure that it's not outrageously long because no one's perfect, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then using it as a tool to guide your decision making supposedly women are so emotional and we allow our emotions to take over and blah, blah, blah. Right. And let's assume that that's true. Then if that's true, what the guidelines do with the non-negotiables do, it helps you to cut people off. And this is very easy. I require one, two, three, four, five. He doesn't have five. He's got to go. This is not about me liking him. It's not about him being like extra tall or extra muscular or extra cute. Or I know him from the neighborhood and his mom's so nice to me. It's about, I said before I met him, Whoever he is must have one, two, three, four, five. 
This guy does not have number three. This guy does not have two and four. So unfortunately, I have no other choice than to let this go. It removes the emotionality of it and makes it more transactional. Like folks might not like that, but liking it back to your career and your education, this is someone who potentially you could be with for the rest of your life. If you are not applying logic and reason to the decision-making, then this is not a good idea. Like it should not be 100% emotionally based. Yes. And um, I also did, you know, for listeners, the non-negotiable thing. Um, My therapist had made me write like a booklet and it was like eight. Mine was eight. And uh, but it was like you could really not have this like this is non-negotiable. You know, mm-hmm. not where you're like, mm, okay, if maybe. And some of it could even be the positive. Like mine, one of mine was they must be secure with what I do. Like in terms of, and that's a positive version. It doesn't always have to be like one other one was doesn't do drugs. So mm-hmm. like that's, an, you know, a pretty clear negative non-negotiable, I guess. But mm-hmm. um, you could have a positive version of that too. And yeah, I agree with you. When I when I started doing that and not making excuses for the people that landed on that list, I started weeding people out faster. Yep. Um, yep. That said though, you know, if we go back to your, like the headphones example, right? Um, is there any benefit to walking in a store and trying on different headphones to figure out which one is a fit? Like, is there any benefit to trial and error when it comes to dating? So it depends. The way that I look at it and the clients that I work with are 35 plus. My oldest client is 57. Um, They've been married before or they they haven't been successful in that regard. And so they're looking for that lifelong commitment. Many of them want to have children. And so unfortunately, because the biology time is of the essence. So if you're 25 and you're looking for dating advice and you're listening to this podcast, try on headphones. I want you to get speakers. I want you to get Beats pills, like every version of of that, that produces sound. Go ahead. If you are 39 and you desire to have children and you want to have children in wedlock, so then then this now extends the timeline, then uh, I need you to go straight to Apple. You're going to go straight to Apple and you're going to know exactly (laughs) what you're looking for. And of course, it's going to be some variety. Like this is just for the sake of argument. Like if the headphones were black versus white versus green, if the headphones had like an enhancement, like a newer version of the 2.0 headphones versus the 1.0, there's still going to be variety in who these human beings are. And that's why the non-negotiable list is relatively short. It's what you just will not tolerate and what is a must, depending on the way that you word it. There's still going to be lots of variety. Lots of different women and men are going to have other positive or negative characteristics. It doesn't lock you into one human being. And if you don't find them, then you are asked out. It's that I just know exactly what I want and I will not waver. I will not waste their time, which I press a lot about. Especially women have this ideology that we're so perfect and we're so amazing. And it's men that are trash, right? And so we have to sift Mm -hmm. through the Like, no, like sometimes we're just on an appropriate match. I'm not bad and they're not bad. We're just not where, you know, what we're looking for and not on the same page or whatever. So I'm going to be targeted and I'm going to look for what my non-negotiables are. And that's that, especially if time is of the essence for you. Yeah, we talk about that a lot on the podcast about like people got to stop getting or get out of this uh, idea that 
if a date goes bad, that means a person is bad. Because right. then, you know, we just go around going, oh, every guy is shit. Every girl is, I'm like, or every person is. And you're just right. like, you're not. Most people just aren't a fit. And it's yeah. like a jigsaw puzzle. And it's not like a piece is a bad piece. It just doesn't go there. And so right. that piece goes somewhere else in the fucking puzzle. Yeah. Um, you know, you talk about this on your Instagram on uh, talking about being someone you would want to date. Yes. What What do you mean by that? Yeah. So, again, leading with those non-negotiables. Those are the guidelines, right? And I always ask my clients to structure it in the positive. So when you said, like, don't do drugs, and said I would say um, takes great care in their health and body, right? Whatever. Mm-hmm. Say thank you, exercise, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Drugs. So... We use those as the guidelines. And then I need to know from you that you are either that person or you can compliment that person. So if the standard is that you're not using drugs, AKA you care about your health and your body, but you don't work out, you use drugs and you eat fast food, where are you going to find that person? That's number one. And number two, would that person want you? So if I care about my physique, I'm going to be in the gym. I'm likely going to find another gym rat. We have something that we can use in common to build to see if he or I have other non-negotiables that align, right? But if I don't go to the gym, I'm always in the drive-thru at McDonald's, I'm hanging out late at parties, sniffing coke or smoking weed, then those that type of person is probably never going to be in my circle. So that's what I mean by being like the person you're looking for. Because one, just from a practical sense, if you are similar to the person you're looking for, you probably would run in the same circles. Mm-hmm. And then two, even if you don't and you just meet each other on the train or in the bus or in Starbucks, right, and have no real commonalities other than location, would that person be interested in you? To go back to the point of we all need to be better versions of ourselves. And so if nothing else, and this is not you being fake to attract someone, but if nothing else, don't you want to be the best version of you? Like, isn't that amazing on its own, whether or not it would help you to attract a mate. So just work on being the best version of you. And if you don't match what you're looking for, it's going to be hard. So work on being what you want. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, uh, I have friends who, who will always say that they, they want a guy who would also sort of be secure and all those things because we're performers, but, but they themselves are jealous kinds of people. Yep. Um, like I have a girlfriend who's who's very controlling, but wants somebody who would just let her be completely free. And I've <laughs> always just been like, it's, it's, somehow though, she does find people who tend to be okay with that. Like, mm-hmm. um, but it is, it's always like a little flag in my head. I'm like, hmm, right. Mm-hmm. Are mm-hmm. you that? Right. And then opposites do attract. Yeah. And well, that's like, I guess, a scientific fact. Right. Uh, but how long does that attraction last? And is attraction enough? So yeah. we're attracted to each other. And then are we able to withstand? Or are we able to build a foundation of a valuable, healthy relationship moving forward? I could be I'm attracted to chocolate. I love chocolate. Like if I see chocolate, I run to it. I want to eat it. Is that what is best for my sugar? I don't think so. So this is like, well, no, opposites attract, but attraction is not the be all or end all of a healthy, fulfilling, long, like a relationship that has longevity. Like it's just not it. Yeah. 
So, so how can people date with intention? Mm-hmm. So I know this is going to sound so repetitive, but bringing it back, the non-negotiables, like this is, I preach it over and over and over again. You have to have a clear vision as to what you're looking for in a partner. So that's step one, getting a piece of paper and a pen and writing it down, not typing it, not texting it, right? Then I also advise my clients to come up with your relationship goals. Now on Instagram, you would think relationship goals are just like two people on a boat somewhere, like on vacation, looking sexy, right? Ooh, relationship goals. But your relationship goals should really not be about your location or who the person is. The relationship goals are what do you intend or what would you like to build with that person? So it has nothing to do with like folks will say, oh, my a relationship goal I have is to find a, a husband who is honest. No, that's non-negotiable, right? But that's a standard that you have for your partner. My relationship goals are to build a legacy for the Wellington name to live a lifetime. My relationship goals is to uh, to find a partner to travel the world and experience new cultures. Like it's it's not about who the person is, but it's about what you can create or establish or build once you're with that person. So a clarity on what you're looking for, those are non-negotiables, clarity on what your relationship goals are, what do you want to establish, right? That's how you date with intention. And you use those things to guide your decisions. You are not using your vagina to guide your decision-making. You're not using, I'm cute, he's cute, we're going to make cute kids to guide. You're not using desperation and, oh my God, I only have one year until uh, I go through menopause because my mom went through menopause at 43, so I better hurry up and get with any old body and find some sperm. Like, it's going to be, I'm going to use logic and reason to find someone I'm compatible with that I enjoy and then love will grow from that relationship. It will. Mm Mm-hmm. What do you say to the people who say, like, I don't have time to date? Mm-hmm. They're lying to themselves. Right. That's it goes right back to the same facade of I'm going to make up an excuse that seems relatively valid enough so that when I'm unsuccessful in this regard, then no one's judging me and calling me a loser. Or, you know, like, it's my choice. I just, I just don't have time. You have time. We all have time. You choose to allocate your time to the things that matter to you. So you would prefer on Sundays to watch Law and Order on USA all day when you could have taken that as an opportunity to go to brunch with a girlfriend to see, you know, where the single guys are or to hop on an app and really put effort into creating a decent profile or hiring a coach because you realize that clearly you're 42 and you haven't figured it out yet. So let me get someone in here now. Like it's an excuse. It's an excuse just like any other. If someone said, I can't lose weight because I don't have time, we would say you're being ridiculous. And you'd say, find the time, get up at six, go to the gym. So using that excuse for dating or anything else that we want in our life is exactly that. A Mm. bullshit. (laughs) Yes. Um, You also sort of said something right in the beginning, which I'm curious about, that idea of being ready to receive love. Mm -hmm. You know, how can people... Because I, I do believe that is a big part of dating with intention. It's not just enough to know what you want. That's one step. You got to be open to receiving that, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. you want or say you want. Because, um, you know, a lot of people have been burned. A lot of people yeah. feel scared of the future because of what's happened in the past. So, yes. you know— what do you sort of say uh, to those people about being ready to receive? Absolutely. So 
that's also something that we discuss when I work with my clients about dropping those walls. Like if you are in defense mode and I understand why logically you were, you know, burned by a husband, he cheated on you, he left you, he had a baby with a 25 year old, whatever. Right. Um, I understand. However, if you say that this is what you want, then you have to be willing to receive it. If you are not willing to let go of the pain, which means perhaps going to therapy, journaling, what, whatever you need to do to let go of that trauma, you will not be successful if you don't let go of it. You have to. So you're absolutely right. I can have a clear vision. I can know what I want supposedly, but if I'm not willing to do the work that goes around it before I hop on a dating app, then I'm going to be unsuccessful. Mm-hmm. Similar to like, I, I know I want to lose 10 pounds. I have the plan of how I'm going to lose 10 pounds but I'm not willing to give up the Big Macs, then guess what? I'm never going to lose the 10 pounds. You have to be willing to let go of the baggage that has become a part of you and a part of your being and a part of your identity. Of you. Like some people use it as, you know, I am the single mother who was left by my husband. That's who I am. That's my identity. That's how I show up in my relationships. And they're afraid to let go of that because they feel like they'll be losing themselves. And that's who they've been for five years, 10 years, 20 years. But again, if this is something that you truly want, you're going to do whatever it takes to let go of that trauma so that you can be accepting. Because who would want to love you if you're an asshole? Who wants to love you if you're being extremely difficult? And this idea of people should love me for me. Yes, they got to love you first. So if you're coming across as very difficult and stoic and hard to, you know, in the resting bitch face, then why would anyone want to approach you in the first place? To Like, I'm not breaking through a stranger. And the truth is, that's not them, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's not how they would be with their friends. Mm-hmm. They're doing that on a date. So yes. they're doing the, the. I've also done it, I know. It's like you have been burned. So you sit there with your arms crossed and you're like, go ahead, fucking convince me, mm-hmm. you know? And everything is like a short answer back. You're being, you were jaded. But yes. you can't say that, oh, you want somebody to love you as you when that's not you. Because with my friends, I'm like, hey, girl, what's up? And I'm dancing. And I'm like, yeah, let's go here. Let's do this, blah, blah, blah. So it's just not, it, it's again, that that false narrative that we're telling ourselves, right? Yeah, that's an excellent point. I never thought about that. Yeah, that's not even you, right? So even yeah. if you are not a bitch, <laughs> right? then that's not you. And even if you are, like, you got to kind of make me like you first before I can fall in love with you so that when you do behave bitchy, I can let it go. Yes. Now, I'm sure you must get this a lot, right? You you push people to date with intention um, and then they expect that because they have started doing this work, that first date will be it. So... You know, do you do you have to like prep people or or how do you prep people to give potential dates a chance and and know that they're playing a part in getting you to the the one that might be right for you faster? Yeah, that's a great question. I like to think that I prime them with content. So when I do live streams, when I'm posting content. I like to say a lot of times, like, you're not necessarily going to find your prints on the first date. Like, if anyone's bought a house, you usually don't buy the, the first house that you've seen, right? Um, so I like to prime them in content, like, saying it over and over and over again. I say a thousand times, I am not the female hitch. If you were to hire me, I am not guaranteeing you that you that I'm going to find you a husband. I'm going to give you the tools necessary so that you can let go of your own hurt 
And then you have clarity as to what you want and you have the tools to find that person through online or offline dating. So content is number one, like saying it over and over again and then getting on the calls and making it abundantly clear. Like this is a process, the dating process that you're not going to get from point A to point B immediately. Like you have to, what do they say? Like kiss a couple of frogs. Like you're going to be bullshitted. You're going to be ghosted. You're going to be bullshitting people. You're going to be doing ghosting, right? You're going to have a great time with a guy and then he ends up being a bum. You're going to have a, a terrible time with a guy that you thought was perfect on paper. This is a process. It is the nature of the game. And if you are not willing to accept that, then sign up for 90 Day Fiance. Because that is probably the only place that you can get from zero to 100 or what is it like married uh, at first sight? Or what, yeah, yeah, yeah. Married at first sight. Yeah. Like that's the only time that you're going to get the opportunity to skip the process. Other than that, it is a process and it's the nature of the game and you need to suck it up. Yeah. And also, again, like the idea is, you know, for people to temper their expectations that when you're dating with intention, hopefully that does mean that these dates are at least better than the ones you have had yeah. in the past, because at least in the, the, the little bits, you're, you're using a bit more discernment before saying yes, before going on, on the date. Maybe you're vetting them a little more. Maybe you're whatever your process is. Um, but it increases the chances. It just doesn't mean that that first one is going to be it. Um, for me, I started dating with intention right bef before I met my boyfriend for the first time, for sure. Um, and, you know, my process for, for listeners was like, I had to let go of the past. There was somebody else that had been holding me back for a long time when I finally, like, genuinely let that person go. And then I had taken a break from dating and then I had done the work and I came back. Like, I, I realized, okay, what do I want? Okay, what do I not want? And then when I started, uh, oh, and the other thing I did um, is I got, so I'm not usually an app person, but I got on an app, I got on Hinge and I paid. And that was the first time I was like, you know what? I want to be so specific. Like, fuck it. I was like, whatever. It's a three month. It's like, you know, the price of a dinner. And I thought, let me just see the matches I get if I'm just like so specific about what I want. And so I paid for those three months was exactly like, don't want this, want this. Even like my height. I was like, I don't care. What if I just got to pick? And my boyfriend was my third date. You know, from there. And I went out with a couple other people. Um, I realized, oh, the first guy was like, oh, was like a step up. But then it's something he didn't mention in, in his profile was like he he was open to open relationships. And I wasn't. I didn't mm -hmm. get mad at him. I was like, hey, had a great time. I'm just not. That's like not me. Then I came back, immediately changed my profile and said, not into open relationships. And then the second person I went out with, lovely person. We just weren't, he, he clearly still had some stuff in the past that he couldn't get over. And, and there wasn't that chemistry. So I said, okay, went out a couple times, didn't work out. And then I met my boyfriend and I always tell people that first date wasn't it. Like I didn't know, I didn't mm -hmm. know. And I just kept putting one foot in front of the other and I enjoyed the first date. And then the second date I really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. But then after that, it was just, one foot in front of the other and that's it. And every time I, I kept, especially in the beginning, going like 
is he crossing off anything in my non-negotiables little list, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And he didn't. And that's it. Like, there's no fucking magic to it besides, like, what you said. All the work that you are giving the your clients and then making a few adjustments along the way, which yep. is also the whole point of intention. Absolutely. Yeah, and you are absolutely right. The quality of your dates or matches will improve if you are dating with intention, if you are specific about what you're asking for. Now, this is not foolproof, right? There, there are gonna be yeah. some worms who are gonna, you know, lie on their profile and say that they are Ooh. six they're really five, five, you go on the date, then you realize it's not appropriate match. But so many more people will say, hmm, she specified a height. I ain't it. I'm not going to send her a message. So many more people are going to say, hmm, she says that maybe she wants to have children. I know I don't want any. She's cute, but I don't want the headache of having, I'm not going to message her. So many more people are going to not message you. And that's valuable. I had a client who within 24 hours had 98 messages. 98. That makes you not want to open up the app. That makes you want Mm -hmm. to delete it. And you know why? Because she did not listen to me in our session when I told her, you, if you believe in marriage, I need you to write that in the profile. Like check off looking for marriage. You want children? Check off looking for children. So then every time Dick and Harry, because she was an attractive woman, reached out, right? However, when she changed it, so many less men connected with her. And some might say, oh no, I want as many options as possible. No, you don't. You don't want options of folks who don't match if you're dating with intention. You don't want matches with folks who don't want what you want. You want to be able to sift through and to figure out who at least seemingly or presents as though they want what we want. And then now is the process of dating to see, again, somebody's amazing on paper, but it just, you know, chemically Mm. just wasn't it, right? So then that's what the dating part is about. Yeah, and and you're completely right. And- I still think like, even though, you know, most of the people you work with are 35 plus, I really think even like we have a lot of like college kids and stuff who listen to this podcast. And like, I really think that you can date with intention at any age if that's what you want. It doesn't have to mean like you're getting married tomorrow with that person, but it could be that you want better quality types of guys, right? Because when we're yeah. when we're young, especially in college, you're like experimenting and you're doing whatever. But so many of the messages I get are from young people who are like, oh my God, like this person is this and I, I don't understand, everybody sucks. And I'm just like, no, no, they don't suck. You can still date with intention that maybe the intention is, I just want to date nice guys. I want to date cool girls who make me feel happy, Mm -hmm. you know, people with less drama so that like, those are the choices you can make to kind of get yourself in a, at least to enjoy the dating process. Right. Cause like, do you ever find that like people just don't enjoy the dating process? Yeah. They, they want to skip it all together and it can be enjoyable. And I like the point that you made in regards to like younger folks, like, yes, you can still be targeted. You can still date in a targeted way. And this, I, Oh, everyone sucks. I mean, if everyone sucks, that means you suck, right? And I'm yeah. sure up to somebody. I like I like to think that I'm an amazing catch, but I can think of a particular guy who hates me and he's right for doing so. And if anyone else were to ask him about me, he says she was a terrible girlfriend. And he's absolutely right in his truth. It is it is his truth and the truth, right? We are different people depending on who we're with. Yeah. We are different. 
people, depending on how old we are or where we are in our lives. Are we pleased with where we are? Are we in a crummy job? So we have a crummy attitude. So we, we do really have to be patient. And I get those same messages. They're 23. I'm like, come on. Everyone's terrible, really. I mean, come on. Yeah. You got to- I know. Exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Allison, for being on the show. This was all such great advice. And I think it's like so um, relatable and easy for people to implement. So I I really hope that people do. You're not done, though. Mm. We have a segment called Six Questions. We ask every guest the exact same six questions. Allison, are you ready for yours? It's like rapid fire. So don't like think about it. Okay, I'm ready. All right. Allison, here are your six questions. What is the first thing you notice about a potential partner? Teeth. Hmm. What is one deal breaker? Short. <laughs> Me too. Um, what turns you on? Burliness. Oh, okay. That's an interest. That's a good answer. Um, what are one of your strengths and one of your weaknesses in relationships? Same thing. One of my strengths is that I'm so logical and reasonable. And that's also a weakness when folks don't want to hear that and they want to feel supported emotionally. Yeah, we find that a lot. Usually the strength is also the weakness. Uh, What is love? Love. Oh, that's such a good question, man. Love is a connection that you have with another person where you want what's best for them. Uh, even if it means it's not with you. Mm, that last part was the bomb. Besides I love you, what three words would you want your partner to tell you? You're so sexy. Ooh, yes. Uh, well, Allison, you are sexy. And people are going to see it in the Instagram <laughs> video. But uh, they can also see it by following you on social media. So where are you on socials? And thank you again for being on the show. Unlike you, I have the same name everywhere. So I am (laughs) at Align with Allison, A-L-I-G-N with Allison on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Clubhouse. I'm on Pinterest. And it's also my website, alignwithallison.com. I love it. And it's one L for Allison, one L. Guys, we also have all of her links in the description of this episode. So please make sure you follow Allison. Um, We are also on social media. We're at Kinda Dating across the board. Aisha, who's not here and we miss her, is at Aisha Says Dance. I'm at Natasha Chandel on Instagram, Natasha underscore Chandel on Twitter, Natasha.Chandel on TikTok. Thanks so much for downloading this episode. If you could please tell a friend and rate and review this podcast wherever you get it, we would be so, so grateful. Also, send us your dating stories and thoughts to kindadating at gmail.com or on Instagram. That's where you DM us all the time. Also, finally, I know it's tough out there, but just try. Till next time. Kind of Dating is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Kind of Dating is created, produced, and hosted by myself, Natasha Chandel. Aisha Holden is my co-host. Adam Pineless and Karina Uribe are producers. And Deanna Martinez is our graphic designer. Our opening music is composed by Joe Lorenzetti, and our logo and graphics are by Jenna Yannick and K. Daniel Ellis.